0: So a while ago, we talked about how in the UAE, some wives can practically be their husband's property, but they can also quickly become not their property. I
1: I divorce you. I divorce you. I divorce you.
0: Now we don't know for sure if this is what Sheikh Mohammed did with Haya, but under Sharia law, that's all you need to say to divorce your wife. And on February 7th, 2019, without Haya knowing about it, he ended their marriage. It may have been a deliberate date. It was the anniversary of her father's death. And after that, according to Haya, things got really scary. She says she found a gun left on her bed with the safety catch off. A provocation, a threat. Then, one afternoon, Haya and the kids were at home in their Dubai palace when one of the Sheikh's helicopters unexpectedly touched down in the yard. The passengers, a pilot and a few security guards, allegedly climbed out. One said he had come to take a passenger to Ala Weir, a prison in the desert. Then, Haya claims a guard said to her son,
1: Baba is angry with Mama. He's going to send her to the jail in Abir. That's all there is there.
0: Haya's son clutched her leg. She assured him the men were only joking. But she later said she thought if Zayed were not there, they would have taken her. In fact, one of the guards in this very same helicopter had allegedly abducted Shamsa from England way back in 2000. Sheikh Mohammed claimed the helicopter landed in the yard by mistake. But Haya felt that she and her children were in danger. And what was she going to do about that? Run. From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Infamous.
2: I'm Vanessa Gregoriadis.
0: And I'm Natalie Robamed.
2: You're listening to Dubai's Missing Princesses, the fourth and final episode. Now, last episode, we met Princess Haya, and we heard about how she first spouted the party line when it came to Latifah.
0: We also learned about Haya's affair and Sheikh Mohammed's apparent anger about that affair.
2: Now, this episode, we're going to find out what happens when a third princess tries to make her escape. That's coming up after the break.
0: This episode is brought to you by Dead Ringers, a thrilling new series exclusively on Prime Video. Rachel Weiss stars as identical twins Beverly and Elliot Mantle, wildly successful doctors who share everything with a desire to do whatever it takes in an effort to reinvent women's healthcare. Don't miss Dead Ringers. Watch now on Prime Video. Swimming is a great way to exercise and spend time with family and friends. Always swim with a buddy,
2: keep an eye on children, and be prepared in an emergency if there is no lifeguard on duty. The next time you go to the pool, be water smart and know where the safety equipment is located. Complete the Ohio Department of Health Safety Equipment Scavenger Hunt and learn more about pool safety at odh.ohio.gov slash swim. Have a safe swim.
1: You're listening to Infamous from Campside Media.
2: So after all the provocation Haya says she received, the threats and the messages and the intimidation, she decided enough was enough. In April 2019, she chartered one of the family's private planes. I can imagine her walking up the air stair, her kids in tow, looking over her shoulder. And just like that, she left Dubai.
3: Now the 45-year-old princess, along with her two young children, has fled to London.
2: Haya landed in the UK, which was a risky choice. Sheikh Mo not only owned horses there, but he owned so much property and had so many ties.
4: The United Arab Emirates is one of Britain's closest allies in the Gulf, and, and particularly Dubai.
2: Here's journalist Louise Callahan.
4: The relationship between Dubai and the UK is business, business, business. It is money. It is the millions of pounds that every year flow from one country to the other.
2: Haya had ties there too. I mean, she wasn't a relatively unknown Dubai royal like Latifa or Shamsa. She was the princess from Jordan, a royal twice over, the Arab princess Dai. She set up shop in one of the most expensive homes in the entire city, a big brick house looming behind a fence. Haya also put her political might to work. The Jordanian embassy in London gave her the title of first secretary. That gave her diplomatic immunity, making her exempt from from UK law, which was a real smart move, because less than a month after her escape, Sheikh Mohammed launched legal action in the UK courts. He wanted his kids back, and Sheikh Mo was very used to winning.
3: Blue point, the all blue far side behind those soldiers. Corner, and then comes maps cross. Blue point, all out. Dream of dreams is thrusting. Blue point, near side. Blue point.
2: Right after Ascot, Haya's legal team says Sheikh Mo began an all-out media war. More than a thousand articles about her were published in less than a month. One of them suggested Haya was an agent of Hamas who intended to overthrow Jordan. British papers were suddenly filled with reports of the affair she'd had with a security guard.
4: The leaked information is coming from both sides.
2: There were later hearsay accounts that made Haya out to be the aggressor. She showered the bodyguard with gifts, like a $15,000 watch and a vintage shotgun that cost nearly $60,000. Plus, worried that he'd say something publicly, she supposedly paid the bodyguard roughly $1.2 million. Even diplomatic immunity couldn't save her reputation now. So she gave up her diplomatic immunity to fight back.
1: Together, no longer. Dubai's ruler, Sheikh Mohammed al-Maktoum, and his ex-wife, Jordan's Princess Haya, now fighting a custody battle in the high court.
2: Haya presented herself as a battered wife, just trying to protect her children.
1: Princess Haya was in family court today. She's hired the same lawyer as Prince Charles in his divorce from Diana.
2: She alleged that Sheikh Mohammed wanted to marry off one of her young kids, and she filed an injunction usually reserved for victims of domestic abuse. But Haya had a trump card up her sleeve. Two, actually. Shamsa and Latifah. Now it seems like Haya was going to play them to play Mohammed. That's after the break. grilled cheese is just grilled cheese, right? Not if you make it remarkable with Sara Lee Artesano. It's so mmm! With its thick slices, soft texture, and rich flavor, Sara Lee Artesano is not only the original artisan-style sliced bread, it's also the official bread of grilled cheese, and so much more. And try Artisano Smooth Multigrain. You'll love its uniquely smooth texture. Sara Lee
0: Artesano Bread. Make the routine remarkable. Now boarding your next vacation. Whether your idea of getting away is unwinding on a sandy beach or exploring big city sites. Air Canada and the Chase Aeroplan MasterCard can get you there sooner. Because now, for a limited time, when you open a Chase Aeroplan Mastercard, you can earn up to 100,000 points. That's worth up to $1,250 toward your dream vacation with Pay Yourself Back. Visit www.chaseaeroplancard.com and apply today. Cards issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC, subject to credit approval. Offer subject to change. Terms apply.
1: This is Infamous from Campside Media.
2: So far, Haya hadn't done anything publicly to support Latifah or Shamsa. In fact, she'd loudly insisted Latifah's escape was a private family matter. And she'd orchestrated that whole weird lunch with Mary Robinson to prove it. Despite being a UN messenger of peace... She'd never even mentioned Shamsa. But I imagine if Hayek could prove that Sheikh Mohammed had a pattern of allegedly mistreating his children, like Shamsa and Latifah, she'd have a better chance at winning her own custody case. So that summer, reports emerged that she'd recently learned disturbing facts about Latifah.
4: So, Haya's narrative that she's building up is that she didn't understand how bad everything was in the later months of 2018 after Mary Robinson's lunch visit. Then she started figuring out that, oh, wait, something actually, something really bad is happening with Latifa. Now, a lot of people who've known her, who I've spoken to, have questioned that series of events. I mean, Hire is... By all accounts, very intelligent. She's very clued in, knows lots of people within the family as well. She's not separated from the kind of inner workings of, of the dynasty. She knew all of it.
2: Whether she finally had learned the truth about Latifa, or whether she was using Latifa's story to bolster her own, those escapes were about to form the backbone of Haya's argument. The court's hearings and fact-findings covered both Shamsa and Latifah's stories in a lot of detail. And it all leaked out. She was directly contradicting everything she'd said previously. Sheikh Mo obviously felt he had to respond to all this. He insisted that he believed Latifa was manipulated by Hervé Jobert, who he claimed had asked for money. Sheikh Mo said that he feared Jobert was holding Latifa under ransom. Here's an actor for Sheikh Mo
1: I feel compelled to say that with respect, I do not consider that this honorable court is in a position to investigate the security and intelligence issues that arose. To this day, I consider that Latifa's return to Dubai was a rescue mission.
2: The allegation that Jobert asked for money is unproven. Jobert denies that he ever asked for a ransom or that he kidnapped. Latifah. As for Shamsa, Sheikh Mohammed dismissed her disappearance. It was little more than a small misunderstanding. He said Shamsa felt constricted by the security measures that were in
1: place around her. The age of majority in Dubai is 21. From our point of view, Shamsa was still a child. I emphasize that her mother and I jointly decided to organize a search for her. And when she was found, I remember our feeling of overwhelming relief that she was safe. It had not come to any harm.
2: Latifa did not appear in court in London, and neither did Shamsa. Why? Here's what Sheikh Mo said.
1: Both Shamsa and Latifa were adamant that they did not want to do this. I gave them both the opportunity to take independent legal advice so that they could take an informed decision about whether and how to become involved in these proceedings. Haya
2: had spent many days getting in and out of a black town car outside the courthouse. Sometimes she wore an emerald dress, sometimes a floral one. But she was always with her attorney, Baroness Fiona Shackleton. Don't let that fancy name fool you. As a lawyer, the Baroness was a shark. Finally, the judge indicated he was making his decision.
3: The court essentially backed up the princess's claims that Sheikh Mohammed had conducted a campaign to intimidate and frighten her.
2: He ruled in favor of Haya. He believed the extensive accounts of threats made against her.
3: A senior judge ruled that the
0: rule of Dubai abducted two of his daughters.
2: And he believed Sheikh Mohammed had orchestrated the abductions and the detentions of both Shamsa and Latifah. Finally walking out of court, out into the London day, Haya must have felt so vindicated. She would later receive a roughly $730 million settlement from her divorce with Sheikh Mo, making it one of the most expensive British divorces in history.
3: Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid al-Maktoum has been ordered by the High Court in London to pay his sixth wife and their two children more than half a billion pounds.
2: Courts also ruled that the phones of Haya and two of her attorneys had either been compromised or hacked through the use of spy software called Pegasus. And while it's unclear which country ordered the hacking, one court found the surveillance was carried out with Muhammad's express or implied authority. Now, he denied that he was involved in any hack. But today, Haya, it seems, is free. Now, Tina felt this was a victory, too, she felt this could be just the momentum she needed for the Free Latifah campaign.
0: I was kind of hoping Latifa to be free soon after. I was thinking it would create a big change.
2: Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way.
0: I was quite disappointed. I don't know whether the pandemic that was just starting around that time is the blame or what happened, but the news disappeared very soon, and there was no actual change to Latifa's situation.
2: By then, Tina had been in touch with Latifah for more than a year. Luckily, they hadn't lost contact yet. She was working with David Haig, the businessman turned human rights advocate. But in July, David says he was texting with Latifah on WhatsApp, when suddenly, his messages stopped going through.
3: It was messages from me saying things like, where are you, young lady? Where are you, trouble? And, you know, funny little ones like that. And then it got to, hi, hi, hi. And now we're really worried.
2: David wanted to think that something had just happened to Latifa's phone and she'd find some other way to reach out. But the days turned into weeks and weeks into months.
3: As each day went past, we got more and more worried. We thought, is it the right time to do something? What can we do? We'd, we'd had all these videos, we'd had all this evidence. We didn't want to release everything because it could be dangerous. But it got to the stage, and felt time had come. We had to do something.
2: In February 2021, clips from those videos were released to the world.
3: I'm a hostage.
2: Latifa is curled up against a wall.
4: Every day, I am worried about my safety in my life. The police threatened me that I'll never see the sun again.
3: It showed that the UAE had lied to the world, probably lied to Mary Robinson. Let's we, we don't know. Lied to the UN lied to Britain, lied to America, and then not only lied, tried to spread fake news about the people that were telling the truth, and then tried to cover it up and spent lots of money trying to cover it up.
2: Now, for the first time, world leaders began recognizing Latifa's situation, like then Prime Minister Boris Johnson.
3: That's something, obviously, that uh, we are concerned about.
2: Even Mary Robinson apologized.
3: I made a mistake. I went to help a friend. I I was naive.
2: A United Nations committee demanded proof that Latifah was alive. But the UAE responded with a weak statement. So in May, David and his team asked Britain to freeze Sheikh Mohammed's assets. And then the unexpected happened.
3: Pictures of Latifah with some women were put on an Instagram account.
2: Nobody had heard from Latifah in months. Yet here was this photo of her sitting at a table at the Mall of the Emirates, just sitting there between two women. The picture appeared to be recent. Behind them, there was an ad for a movie that was released that year. The two women were smiling brightly, both leaning an arm on the table, but Latifa, wearing all black, she looked less comfortable. She kept her hands in her lap, and she seemed kind of scared, sort of like how she looked in that old photo with Mary Robinson. Since the summer of 2021, more photos of Latifa have turned up. One of her in a restaurant with a woman from the first photo. She also posted a picture with Latifa at an airport in Spain. The caption reads, Great European holiday with Latifa." smiley face emoji. David Haig accepted all these photos cautiously.
3: We'd been there before with Mary Robinson. You know, the UN is asking for proof of life, an independent verification of proof of life, and immediate release. And is a picture at a cinema, or is a picture in the arrivals hall at Madrid Airport? That, no.
2: But the photos weren't nothing. The last time he talked to her, she'd been a hostage...
3: We always thought that somebody might kill her. The guards would do things like put razor blades in under a bed and things. I mean, it was horrific what was going on. So from that to her being in Madrid Airport or being at a cinema outside of the jail, however long that would last, it was obviously a better situation than, than before. Because, you know, when she effectively went missing, we thought that she was dead.
2: David and Tina made a choice to end the Free Latifa campaign. Now, to me... That doesn't necessarily mean the Latifah is free, but some compromise may have been reached where she can travel outside of Dubai. There was also a picture of her in Spain, as far as Haya is concerned. It seems only rational to think that she was led astray in the Mary Robinson incident and that she either felt that she needed to defend the Sheikh's honor because that's what a good wife does, or connecting the dots. She may have been fearful for her own children and her own safety. Regardless, the disposition of the court case seems to mean that she did get what she wanted. She is free. And the Sheikh? He is the absolute ruler of Dubai. A descendant of the family that's been in power since it was a country of pearl divers, not real housewives. Everyone in the West benefits from his leadership. Europe, the United States. We need a force to combat Islamic fundamentalism in the Gulf region. And you could say that a capitalist, expat-friendly culture like Dubai functions as a spear. But a German contractor reaping millions building multi-star hotels in Dubai seems to live a very different life than some of Dubai's citizens especially some of the royal family's women. It's hard to feel bad for princesses, I know. But these princesses seem as though they want more than a closet of handbags. They want justice.
0: There have been more photos, more meetings with UN representatives, but questions remain. Despite all of the attention Latifa's escape received no one has been brought to justice for attacking the boat near India, or for the treatment Tina and the rest of the crew say they received. Latifa's sister Shamsa, the one who ran away back in 2000, has still not been seen in public for decades. And the thing is, there are so many more strange cases involving Emirati Royals. Cases that have never really gotten any attention. For one, Sheikh Mohammed has another ex-wife who claims he kept her from her child. Randa Albana, a Lebanese woman who married him in the 70s, told the Sunday Times she hasn't been allowed to see their daughter since she demanded a divorce nearly 50 years ago. Then there's Sheikh Mohammed's brother, the late Sheikh Maktoum bin Rashid al-Maktoum. Back in 2000, the same year Shamsa was allegedly abducted, her cousins, Maktoum's kids, were also living in England. They were in this giant rooftop apartment in the fancy London neighbourhood of Knightsbridge when all of a sudden, four Emirati bodyguards allegedly swooped in and escorted them away. Their nanny called the British police. She thought they'd been kidnapped. In the press at the time, the incident was chalked up to a disagreement between the sheikh and his wife over where their kids should go to school. He wanted them to return to Dubai, while she wanted them to study in London. But it all sounds eerily similar to Shamsa, her abduction, and her desire to study abroad. And sadly, this alleged treatment isn't a thing of the past. We are
1: hostages in our home.
0: As recently as October 2022, Sheikh Mohammed's nephew's ex-wife alleged that she faced abuse, harassment, and intimidation during a bitter custody battle. My children and I are terrified and frightened for our lives. It seems like the same thing just keeps happening over and over. I mean, Latifa is just out there, supposedly doing okay, but we don't really know. It's almost like the world isn't watching this situation. Or doesn't care. And maybe that shouldn't be surprising. Because this is a story about women seeking their freedom, Arab women specifically, a demographic the world likes to use as a symbol of oppression when convenient, rather than humanized with the depth reserved for other people. And in America, we like to think that we're better than all that, that we really are free. But freedom means something different to everyone. And we definitely don't all have it. For some, it's the right to work. For others, it's the ability to have guns. Of course, it doesn't help that the people alleged to have done wrong in this story are incredibly powerful and incredibly rich. People in my life were even worried about me being involved in this series. That I might disappear the next time I visit Dubai just be holed off at passport control and never seen again, or that something might happen to my family. Thinking about all this, it's hard not to hear Latifah's voice in my head from that original 2018 video.
4: Freedom of choice is not something that we have. So when you have it, you take it for granted. And if you don't have it, it's very, very special. I don't know how how... I'll feel just waking up in the morning and thinking, I can do whatever I want today. That'll be such a new, different feeling. That'll be amazing.
2: Thank you so much for listening to our story. We hope that the next time you hear about things like Beyonce playing a concert in Dubai for millions of dollars, you think about the power behind that money. Next week on Infamous, we'll find out what happens when a guy from South Dakota falls in love with a possible Russian spy. Infamous is created and executive produced by Gabriel Sherman and me, Vanessa Gregoriadis. This episode was co-hosted by Natalie Rovamed, who wrote it with Heather Schroering. Producing by Heather Schroering, Natalia Winkleman, Lily Houston-Smith, and Grace Heerman. Princess Haya and Sheikh Mohammed did not comment for this series. Shoshi Shmulovitz is our managing producer and editor. Sound design by David Devereaux. Recording by Ewan Lai Tremuen, And fact-checking by Matt Giles. Voices by Rajiv Gola and Lily Houston-Smith. Campside Media's executive producers are Josh Dean, Adam Hoff, Matt Scher and myself. Campside Media's operations team is Doug Slaywin, Ashley Warren, and Destiny Dingle. If you're enjoying Infamous, please rate and review the show. It helps us more than you know.